Welcome to the Trusted House Painter podcast, episode number one entitled, From Part-Time Student to Business Owner, I'm your host, Paul Stein. Today I've got on the show Clay Rock. Clay Rock is a professional painter from Victoria, BC. I've known him for quite a while. We went to college together. Uh, In fact, that's where we met. Uh, We won't get too deep into that, but he's been painting for about 11 and a half years. He's ran his own painting company for eight years. Uh, He's a soccer dad who loves sports and uh painting and business welcome to the show clay how are you i'm good thanks uh for having me i'm excited to be here nice excellent it's kind of uh strange doing these kind of uh online interviews all the time but i guess it's the new normal yep i'm uh growing accustomed to it so it is what it is so the, the this episode is called uh it's entitled from part-time student to business owner um and so basically give a real brief summary of where you are right now. You say you're a painting business owner. You've been painting for about eight years here in Victoria, uh, but it didn't start that way, did it? Uh, no, I uh, started out like most people in painting. Um, just randomly bumped into a guy that I went to school with and started painting in the summers uh, and went through college. That's where I met you. Uh, I'd seen you at college with paint on your hands. And uh, once I got out, I knew that we worked well uh in projects at school so contacted you said you should hire me full time uh started bugging you until you hired me and then worked with uh you guys for three and a half years about that and uh really started to learn about the different aspects of being a true like professional painter instead of just sort of slapping paint on the wall uh built my way up uh got really good experience with you guys really good training started training all of the new guys that were coming in and running my own projects and then just basically told it's not possible to make any more money in this organization. So I eventually left, uh, did a couple things and really enjoyed painting and then ended up starting my own company and uh, now I've been doing that for eight years and yeah, there, there we are now. Cool. So what was the purpose? Was it purely financial that you wanted to start your own company or was there other kind of aspirations that you had uh i enjoyed business uh uh, we were in business school together of course Um, and then for me there was other businesses that i started uh with other people and other projects that i was working on uh after i left uh my full-time job and then i was doing some painting in my spare time to help people out and um just people kept calling me. So it was almost more out of necessity to start a painting company. And also I was doing an events company at the time. So the busy season for uh, painting is the slow season for events. So my business partners wanted to take some time off. So I just sort of launched the company, created a name, set up all my business uh, accounts with the government and decided to just push through the summer and focus on that. And, uh, you know, 
from there just kept going and kept going once i put my name out there put the phone number out there the phone kept ringing uh so just as a necessity of helping people and answering the phone i needed a company in order to do it so what would you say is or was the biggest challenge that you had starting your company right out of the gate oh i had no sales experience whatsoever uh no sales experience no quoting experience um didn't even know how much to charge didn't even like i was able to identify the problems on a project and solve them but i didn't know how long it should take to get the production done uh and i didn't know how to associate a number to that to put in front of the client i was always you went to you went to business school, but they didn't teach you that necessarily about painting. Yeah, well, business school was more theory than than anything, and uh, it doesn't show. It shows you how to work the back end numbers, but how do you put a number together so that you have a number at the very top, which is this is my revenue. Um, so I didn't know how much I need to charge at the top so that after things happened that there was actually money at the bottom so for a long time it was really just working for a wage and funny enough how i started my pricing was uh i made a list of everything all of my expenses just to live for a month and then i assumed that i would only work part-time so i said if i only work part-time i need to make this much money and mm -hmm. if that's two weeks then that's this much per hour so I basically just decided that if I work full time, I'm going to have twice as much money as I need. <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes sense at the time, right? Yeah. And then I, I was pointing in the direction of an accountant. He sort of let me know that this is the minimum you're going to need to, to pay in order to cover all of your business expenses. So then I up my prices and then uh, hearing from other guys about um, their father who was a painter what his prices were and uh having it's quite, it's quite a mystery it's quite a mystery kind of learning as you come out of the gates yeah yeah and you it's important to always get feedback like i was lucky to get some feedback from guys in the trades from their experience with other painters but also i was curious about like how i was um matching up to the competition with my clients so I never really wanted to uh, compete on price, but once the job was done, I was always trying to organically ask, like, where was my price in, in terms of everybody else? Why yeah, you, you want feedback. Feedback is critical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when uh, you don't have a platform to start off of. Whereas now I have a very clear financial structure for every single project. Yeah. And one of the best things that happened as a result of me starting with no experiences, I ran the numbers on all of my projects afterwards to find out whether my numbers were accurate going in as well. So I guess that, that leads to the, the basically the meat of this podcast. And that is, what would you say is like one or two of the biggest um, areas of improvement that painters or yourself uh, had to focus on in order to improve, to grow? Yeah, I the numbers is definitely critically important because there's a lot of people that are painters and don't really understand that you're first and foremost a business and that painting is just the business that you're in. 
So if you have this mindset that you are a painter, well, you're going to be limited in some sort of capacity of your business. Uh, one thing that I was clear right off the bat, another major factor is that we're in the customer service industry as well. Yeah. Uh, painting is just a level of service that you're offering to a client. The client can do the painting themselves. So you don't really have an area of expertise like an electrician or a welder would. You Anybody can start a painting company tomorrow and just hop on a bus with a backpack with a pole sticking out of it. And yeah, I guess so. <laughs> In some jurisdictions, you need different reg regulations and licenses. But yeah, teamwork, yeah, industrial, like all that sort of stuff is different. Um, now, keep in mind, you're talking about residential painting mostly. Residential right? specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. residential. That's where, that's where I've built my business is in residential. I do a little bit of new construction, but it's basically just to keep guys busy. And yeah. I understand that the numbers aren't really there. So you can earn a wage in new construction, but unless you've got a crew of 50 and you're doing massive developments or entire condo buildings, the numbers aren't really there for like a one-off house here, a one-off house there. Um, it definitely takes a lot more uh, time, energy experience, probably legal, everything to uh, and you're always larger commercial projects. Yeah. And you're always competing on price. So when you're competing on price, then the only person that's going to win is, um, the guy who's got the cheapest price and the guy who's doing it for the cheapest price is probably going to lose out. It's, it's win versus lose, right? Whereas in residential, you can always get a cheaper price, but often the homeowner wants to get value, wants to get quality. And they understand that at half of the price of a pro for someone to do it, who's just knocked on a door and said, I can beat their price. Well, they understand that they're going to be getting a McDonald's hamburger instead of a yeah. steak from the keg. Right. That's true. Yeah. Like, and there is that value in, in every industry, whether that be, you know, painting industry, the food industry. Uh, and I don't know if there's anything wrong with competitive pricing and people that, you know, bid under. Uh, I do believe that, you know, the true uh, market should reflect what people want to pay and the value. Obviously, the product that you give is the value you, that you apply to it. And they're equal to that is the amount that you're charging. Um, I, I guarantee that some of the learning lessons that you've made in life have been from underpricing and learning from that. So you pay for your education no matter how you look at it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of a project right now where now that we've started, I'm looking at my numbers going, what was I, what was I thinking? This is, this is, should have been another 20% on top of these numbers in order to make this actually work. So uh, you win some, you lose some. But if you lose a lot, well, then go back to working for somebody else. You, sh you shouldn't be in business for yourself. Yeah, it is true. I, I know I've been on projects in the past that were in the, you know, the thirty to $40,000 range and uh, I didn't get the job. And I asked the, the HOA or Strata Council why or if they could give me any feedback. And they said I was off by, you know, 700 bucks. They were really quite surprised that all the quotes were like within a thousand dollars and I was off by 700. And that was one of the major reasons. So, you know, you say you could bump it up by 20%, but does that always mean you get the job? You know, so there's so yeah. many factors in pricing a job that you got to learn. So what would you say is one of your like biggest mistakes you've made um, from start to scratch, whether it be in production, whether it be in finances, whether it be in operations, what was one of the biggest mistakes you've learned from? Um, 
it's a tough one because uh, being in business for eight years there's been a lot that I've had to deal with um, but I've overcome them all <laughs> so I don't really have like one devastating one like I had a project where we were there for four weeks or something and it was my entire crew of four at the time we did the outside and we did the inside and we got paid for the outside and then after we finished the inside they added some extra work which we did on the last two days and then never got paid for any of it um and i looked at it a couple different ways in terms of uh like going to court and uh putting a lien on the house and stuff like that and really the only thing that was going to solve the problem at the time was to get the next two projects done as quickly and as as efficiently as i could and get cash flow back going yeah it's difficult to uh move forward when you're looking behind but collection i think is another aspect that it kind of it kind of uh it blindsides you until it doesn't happen to you and, yeah. and uh, you know, then you look at your systems and your support and you say, well, do I have a contract? You know, what did the contract say? Um, is there an agreement? Is there a dispute? What is the dispute about? Uh, and the question is, is, you know, how much is it worth? Is it worth my time? You know, I've walked away from thousands yeah. on the table because it just really wasn't worth my time to go after that, even though the value was provided. So you learn, right? Yeah. And, I, and that was what I eventually got to with that was I think I... I think we discussed it quite a bit because that was shortly after you were dealing with the court case as well. And I just realized that for all of the negative energy that I would have to deal with to fight something, uh, it just, if I can get through the cash flow crunch, then all of that effort to go after somebody, which based off of my contracts and signatures and and the legalese on my paperwork and the pictures of everything that I had done on the job site, because I do take a lot of before and after pictures. Uh, I feel I could have won the case, but it just wasn't worth it to me. Um, I think I just bought a house at that time and was trying to settle into that and dealing with a bunch of rotten wood projects on my evenings and weekends. And did I really want to deal with going to courts and battling someone who was just a dickhead anyways? Like... <laughs> No. Yeah, that's, that's the question you got to ask. You can ask yourself, what's the value? You yeah. know, from, a, from my perspective, that trusted house painter, I always say, um, you're only as good as your last job. And really, um, you know, it's how you deal with the problems. Accidents happen, problems happen, miscommunications happen. How do you deal with it at the end of the day? Um, and I think that's a very subjective thing, which kind of differentiates some painters from others. Uh, and that is how you kind of clean up your mess when you make a mess, if you've made the mess, or how do you take ownership with it? And that's, that's more of like a leadership business conversation to have, right? Like, yeah. It, and that was probably the biggest, the biggest takeaway out of it was, um, my crew never knew that that happened. It was probably about four months later that my sort of lead. Uh, I told her that I never got paid for that project and she was like shocked and she was like, well, how did you get through? How did you do? how did you keep paying us? And I was just like, well, I just, I dealt with it. Um, but yeah, probably the biggest thing was it cost me seven grand to learn about people and who to trust and what those red flags were along the way.
Yeah, it can be really, really challenging, um, especially when you're, like I said, when you're starting, when you don't have systems. And, you know, the truth about business is that it is kind of cold and it is kind of hard. And there's there's people out there that will take advantage of you um, if if you're you're vulnerable in a way. Uh, and being a small business, you need the work and you're learning and you're probably overzealous in a way too, right, to try to show yourself. Not to say that, you know, it was the clients that did, you know, withheld the money. Obviously, there was a the communication breakdown or something that went on within the relationship. And I'm sure it's, it's hard to accept that. But uh, at the end of the day, what would you recommend or what would you, what piece of advice would you give to any aspiring, you know, entrepreneur painter that's just starting or someone who's been in the, you know, in the trade for five or 10 years that have kind of grown plateaued and doesn't know what to do? Um, I think it really comes down to if, if you're talking about plateauing, uh, it all comes down to people and, and people skills. Um, how many people can you work with? How many people can you manage? Uh, how many different personalities can you handle um, from project to project? Um, how many clients can you juggle until you start to drop the ball and have um, promises slip through the cracks? Um, and then in terms of working with people and working with different personalities, how adaptable are you to be able to um, work with those different personalities and um, almost like mold yourself into that perfect person to work with for every different person. Some people are easy to work with. Some people are hard. Some yeah. people are more stressful than others. And how do you maintain that sort of cool and calm collective approach to getting the project done, making sure the client's happy and moving on from there, whether something was just bad on the project and there was rotten wood and you need to deal with it or whether there's a person issue. Like I've told you about when I was on uh, one of the Gulf Islands and my crew decided to have a fight in the hotel room. And Unreal. next day the guys, one of the guys is just gone. Never heard from him again. So how am I supposed to turn to my client and be like, Hey, we're a little behind schedule at the moment. And you know, this and that, and, and try and hide the fact that we had a major, major people problem. And, um, so it everything sounds, it sounds kind of system problem in a way, communication system problem as well as to probably had a little bit of a breakage in a hiring issue too. Cause that's kind of a, a red flag when, when, when oh, painters fight, right? Yeah. Hiring is an, ongoing issue that is almost never going to be solved within yeah. the painting industry, uh, in my opinion. Um, so for anybody out there, if you're a great painter, great. If you understand the numbers, great, but it's all about people. And if you can't get that down, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. Maybe you shouldn't yeah. be looking for your own clients. Um, so. And it's all about learning and, and educating yourself in the, in the, before we went live here, um, you mentioned that you were part of a mastermind for many years. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, in order to develop my leadership skills, uh, I was a part of a mastermind group for probably about three seasons. We did a six month chunks of it. So we went through about four or five different, uh, cohorts, I guess. 
Uh, and then I've also coached kids soccer before my kid uh, came along. Uh, I spent a decade coaching kids soccer, which I just gave up for the first time this year. Um, so I've always been working with people. I've always been uh, working with um, groups in terms of what sort of results are we trying to get and what sort of skills do we need to develop in order to get better results. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all about results, right? Uh, well, what are you providing in the result? What is the result you want to achieve, right? Yeah, the results are uh, everyone can get different results and like it's not really going to be the end of the world. Um, but I used to like when I was with you guys before and I was told that I couldn't make any more money, that was the best result that I was capable of. Well, I wasn't even making 20 bucks an hour. And I've far surpassed those numbers now. Like I've had projects where I've tripled them, quadrupled them. Um, my business takes most of the money and I just pay myself a regular salary. Um, but to, if I was stuck in that belief that that's the best that I could do, well, that was someone else's idea of my results. And I knew that I was capable of more. And if I had stayed there, I, I wouldn't have my own house right now. I'd be renting for the rest of my life. And, yeah. you know, I think in this industry, if you can, if you're good on the brush and you understand how to manage or plan a proper project and you can deal with clients and your employees and you can understand the numbers, then there's no reason why every single painter on this planet can't afford to get a mortgage. Yeah. So what would you can like, so to wrap this up, what would you, you know, paint the story of what you would call, what you would consider your, a win or a kill, in other words, what would that look like to you or give an example of where you've experienced that in your painting business? Uh, it's the control of schedule. When I first started out, uh, in order to make things happen, I was, uh, well, I wasn't involved in relationships, uh, serious relationships at that time. And so I was able to, you know, work overtime and stay late and do the weekend. Oh, this thing came up. Oh, I'm behind schedule. Whereas now, um, I'm able to forecast properly so that I can take a lot of time off around Christmas time um, where I don't have that financial crunch at certain port parts of the year. I understand how to um, work when it's super busy yep. and make, make hay while the sun shines and uh, manage my schedule accordingly to be able to um sit back and relax painting's very uh intense labor it, you always need to be moving 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 as you're spreading the paint so if you don't have time to relax in your schedule on a quarterly basis at least then it's going to be a tough career when you're 50 60 so to be able to manage the numbers properly so that i can control taking time off in my schedule and taking time with my family uh, that's the biggest win for me. If I feel like I'm uh, too busy and I don't have the opportunity to sort of step back and relax, well, then my business has control of me and I don't have control of my business. So time yeah. for me is having time and managing time properly for me is the biggest um, way to judge whether I'm winning or not. Yeah, well, you know, the old saying, I don't know if it's true, but the old saying that time is money. So if you have got more time, you've got more money and, you know, the value of your time and your scheduling uh, is very important. And I know that truthfully, like 
scheduling is a, is a very difficult thing. And the, and the more jobs you have, uh, the bigger crew you have, the harder it is because the more variables happen, people get sick, people hurt themselves. Um, and if you run, for example, exterior crews in the summer, well, you're dictated by the weather. Now the summer's nice, but the shoulder seasons, uh, can be, you know, very vicarious and, and unpredictable. So you plan all you want and you keep your guys busy, but then it rains. What are you doing for that week? Where are you going? Yeah. It can be very stressful sometimes running any kind of trade company, let alone a painting company. So yeah. um, basically, would you be interested in joining the mastermind group for Trusted House Painter? I've been putting together some idea, some thoughts of putting together a mastermind where, you know, painters that can come together for a mastermind and we can discuss uh, problems, solutions, tips, advice, experiences, uh, just have a place that pe painters specifically can come to. Uh, and join a community of other other painters like you to talk about their business and uh, explore some of the solutions that they can uh, that they have to offer to each other. Would you be interested in doing something like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I could look through my notes of the mastermind groups I was in the in uh, in the past and see yeah. what sort of structures we have there that we can work with. And yeah, I sort of reached a point in my career where uh, I can't. I, I can't do everything for everybody and I see a lot of guys that uh you know they got 25 years experience and they're they're looking for work and uh just the things that I've learned and the things that I've uh, been able to apply to my business and the skill sets I've been able to develop I want to help other painters do that so they can double their wages in the next five years and um take more control over their time their life and and yeah, and be, yeah, well, things are going to change over the next five, ten years. I can guarantee you that. You can smell it in the air. It's uh, the economy, politics, everything is changing. So that's what Trusted House Painter really wants to do: is kind of create a platform, a place that professional painters like yourself can come and join a community, and also get leads because they can uh, post, they can come to the app, they can join, they can register the painting company, they can find leads, they can have a single profile. Um, and they can explore what the new, I believe the new normal will be with this online kind of world in relation to painting as well. So I look forward to joining you, Clay. Thanks for coming on the show. And, um, we'll definitely have you on the show uh, again, talking about, you know, the million other aspects of painting regarding, you know, leadership, accounting, finances, production. You have a ton of production tips. You're constantly on the brush. So you're always making videos too. So if you're watching this video and you're interested in clay, where can people find more information about you and more about how you help other painting companies uh, do with consulting? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I've got uh, my painting company. I don't even know what my website looks like because I haven't touched it in four or five years, but uh, boom, there's, there's my own personal website, which I've had for a decade or so, uh, which more talks about the work that I've done in my spare time. Um, as I've been growing my business, I've been able to uh, do some projects, evenings and weekends, consulting for other companies, coaching for people, coaching for businesses, um, a little bit of public speaking. And yeah, it's just why I got into coaching soccer and, you know, to go through a personal development path that uh, I've done in large part and helped by you who where you've showed me um, how to sort of pursue my own personal development. I've been, you know, turning around and helping other people with uh, those aspects of their own personal life as well. So if anyone out there is in the painting world and if they feel stuck, they feel stagnant, you know, go to my website, reach out to me, 
and keep an eye on Trusted House Painter here because uh, it's been really, really cool to see how the idea has transformed. And now, now that it's launched and ready to go and some of the projects that uh, I want to work with you on over the next little while to help other painters out there. I'm really excited. It's going to be a fantastic platform to come and, and allow people to sort of take that next step for themselves and for their businesses. Cool. Well, thanks, Clay. And if yeah. you're watching this uh, podcast right now or listening to it, uh, you can go to trustedhousepainter.com. You can register your painting company for free, and then you can search for leads uh, in your local area. It's a brand new platform that we just launched, uh, and we're trying to create a more of a, a community-based idea to elevate the industry of painting uh, through podcasts like this, through community, and through education and learning. So that's where we'd like to go. I'd like to thank you, Clay, for being on the show today. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, any last thoughts before we leave? Yeah, I think uh, it's perfect timing for uh, this website and this platform to show up because it's a lot more difficult to just show up at someone's house and knock on the door nowadays. Uh, people want to have their sort of privacy and there's some concerns about uh, social distancing and stuff like that so where are you going to get your next lead if you can't knock on a door come to trusted house painter and uh, that's that's where we want to have people reaching out and trying to find those quality painters like uh, me and everyone else out there right on all right well thanks for watching the show thanks for coming on the clay and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later okay awesome thanks paul have a good one see you later ciao